Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, thoughts from you. Spooky stuff anytime we're diving in to the YouTube comment section. Thanks for joining us once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Casey Cowan. He's Chris Level. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on. Chris, we always enjoy the opportunity to hear from the listening or viewing audience, right? So keep those YouTube comments coming. You never know when one might appear on a special episode of Locked On Texas Tech. Got a few to dive into here today as we wrap up the week, Chris, before we shove off into the weekend. And, man, it's been an interesting week as far as some of the broader, bigger-picture topics we've discussed relating to this conference, the Big 12, and others. We've spent some time talking Longhorn Sooner exit, of course, and we also more recently spent some time talking about what the Pac-12 apparently uh, had been investigating as it relates to future new members. So some of that will be on the docket. We'll also have Texas Tech hoops question. And I want to get to some Locked On Texas Tech listener memories of West Texas track meets gone by. But first, <laughs> first, let's begin uh, with this thought. Chris, this question going back to a conversation that we had earlier in the week regarding Texas, Oklahoma, so many things still remaining fluid as far as when they're going to get the hell out of this conference. And we had this question from Taylor Lynn, 4232, robot, human, cyborg, Russian, I don't know, somewhere in between there, locked on Texas Tech viewer, so we know that and appreciate you for it, Taylor Lynn, 4232. Here's the question. What do you think is the drop dead date? that either an agreement is reached for them to leave early or it's too late and they're going to stick around through 2025. Chris, is there a final deadline of any kind to keep an eye on at this time? You know, there there might be something there uh, to where, like in, in the legalities of everything, although I'm not familiar with, with it, um, if, if, if there is one, I'm not familiar with it because I would have told you that, you know, like once you announce a schedule for this next fall, like I would have thought, okay, well, that, that locks them in at least for the season. And, right. you know, as we talked about in an earlier show this week, like there's a few people kind of floating, you know, hey, you, you kind of get the, there may be something going on here. So just don't don't just assume everything just yet. Who knows? Uh, I still think they're here this next season, upcoming season. But, you know, who the heck knows? But I, I don't know. I, so the answer question, I, I guess I just don't know. If there is one, I don't know what it is because negotiations are ongoing. I think that, you know, that there's, you know, and as we saw with, with the pandemic and the way schedules were moved around pretty willy-nilly, <laughs> I mean, just kind of, <laughs> you know, hey, we're looking for a game this weekend. Anybody want to play? Or, hey, man, we're, we're not. We're going to kick this game off at, at, at noon. You know, screw your 7 o'clock kickoff. Or it was just like they were moving around, which we thought this was like the holy grail. Like, you can't move stuff and all that. And as we saw, so uh, – but I, I don't – this is a, a lot of coordination here with multiple conferences – and TV networks and all that. So I, it almost come come back to 
whatever's in the agreements or do they have to like, and, and again, if there is this uh, like an out clause, Hey, if you intend to not be competing in this league, this, whatever, do you have to let us know within a certain amount of time or do you get fined? Do you, is this part of your, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure there is something there. I, I'd love to be able to tell Taylor here it is. Cause we would all want to know that. Sure. But right now it's this giant gray area um, of, of kind of, you're just not real sure this is. And, and, and so we're clear here, this is uncharted territory here. You know, we, right. we've never really dealt with any of this. I don't know what a lot of this is supposed to look like. And you're just kind of hanging on to every comment that the commissioner or TV partners or rumors that get floated, you're kind of hanging on to them. You're like, okay. Cause somebody knows something uh, and, and we're not a part of what the negotiations are or what it's supposed to look like. I can just tell you this. I know that your current commissioner is, would be in favor of them. If it makes sense, not, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, not being in here for the 24 season. Uh, I think there's some disagreement there, but but who the heck knows? I feel like I've I've not done my part there in answering the question, but I really don't know. But we're kind of there. You know. I, I think the answer, Chris, is that there isn't a drop dead date. Yeah, I mean, like until the end of 2025, when literally they would be done with the agreement. I I don't think there is a drop dead date because it can remain flu. <clears throat> it can remain fluid, and they can come together on an agreement for an exit at any time. Or it can just stay in the air, I guess, for the entire period. Do I see it, you know, happening like that to where they're going to have to, like nothing's going to happen and they just fulfill the end of the agreement? No, that wouldn't be my guess. But I guess my answer would be there isn't a drop dead day because just like you alluded to, negotiations are ongoing. All right. Thanks for the question. Taylor Lynn, four, two, three, two. A beautiful family she comes from, the four, two, three, twos. Uh, let's head to the next question, Chris. This is going to be from, I don't know how to say this. The smell torque. <laughs> communicating with beings on Saturn at this point in time, I think. He says this, or she or it. They, zer, zay, uh, yeah, whatever. I honestly think adding San Diego State and SMU would make it more likely the Pac-12 falls apart. Agree or disagree, Chris, because this is a very interesting thought to me that actually pursuing new members like this could weaken your stance. And maybe if you're a Big 12 fan, that gets you excited about some possibilities. How do you feel about that thought? Well, I I, I, I agree with the general premise just because I'd love to know what the folks that were sitting at the big desks uh, in, in Eugene, Oregon, or... Seattle, Washington were thinking when this idea was brought to them because they, you know, they have now that USC and UCLA are gone. And I guess to a certain extent, Stanford may feel like they've got some say you kind of hear that Cal does, but I think really the, the biggest brands left in the PAC 12 are, are Oregon and Washington. And I just, I just don't think this was probably met with, man, this sounds like a great idea, or we're excited (laughs) about the prospects of this. Uh, And if you're having to add um, programs to get a media deal, because I, I, I just feel like that, look, these are two programs or institutions that the Big 12 has looked at 
uh, I think invented and passed, you know, like with, with consultation from TV network folks and consultants and all those things. And they went and got the ones that, that made the most sense from a value standpoint. Obviously the PAC 12 was never going to add central Florida or Cincinnati just from a geography standpoint. Uh, that wouldn't have made a ton of sense, but uh, I just, yeah, I think it's a, it's a major red flag, I guess, is my point. I just don't yeah. think that I get getting into San Diego and Dallas. Uh, I get the market. Uh, I don't think that either either program, institution, however we phrase it, moves the needle at all. I just don't. I mean, when's the last time you watched SMU anything if they weren't playing a Big 12 team? I don't know. San Diego State, same way. I just don't. And I was in the, I was on San Diego State's campus uh, last spring, uh, and uh, you know, a little uh, less than a year ago, for four or five days with the, the first round of the NCAA tournament. Great, great arena. The San Diego State's basketball program is is kind of, you know, they were rolling last year. Uh, they've got a brand new football stadium, but they lowered ticket prices. They, they they're not, they're just not. A, I just don't think it moves the needle at all. Uh, but. I think you could, I think you could make the statement that the Pac-12 in general doesn't move the needle at all. Mm. Hence, hence the problem here. Yeah, I don't know. You know, San Diego State. Maybe it's the name Aztecs. Uh, just a little bit too much of a microaggression in 2023. You know, child sacrifice and all. Uh, maybe go with something like Guardians or Commanders, and then maybe someone would think about adding you to the league. SMU, give me a break. Um, Chris, I really feel like this is, and I agree wholeheartedly with the sentiment from at the smell torque in the YouTube comments. Thank you for the <laughs> suggestion, sir. I agree because I really feel like it puts this ugly reality. Everybody that was in denial still in the PAC 12 conference. Here is your reality. We're talking to San Diego state and Southern Methodist. Here is the reality. So I feel like it does kind of speed up if they needed that. They may already have been in touch. I don't know. But it kind of speeds up. And I don't know if speed up is the right term, but it just really keeps that timeline advancing as to when we can finally get some resolution, which I do feel like includes the dissolution of the Pac-12 conference. And I got to say, it's probably a relief for some at that point in time that would say, all right, well, at least we know now uh, what the options are. And uh, if I'm Arizona or whoever, I'm going ahead and, and dialing Brett Yormark's number, I guess, at this point in time. But that would just be <laughs> my suggestion. All right. Thank you for the uh, comment there. The smell torque moving on. Let's get to the world of college basketball. This is from Lawrence Elman, 1544. There are so many Lawrence Elmans. He had to go all the way to 1,544 before he got a username that wasn't already taken. Says, do y'all think Tyson and Pops Come back next year. Does Fardaz have another year? And if so, do y'all think he's coming back? Keep hope alive is what he says. Chris, how do we tackle uh, some of these questions? But first, today's episode brought to you by America's number one sports book. It's FanDuel, and it's the only app you need to have your Super Bowl covered for your friends, your family, your pets, Whoever you're trying to get plugged in. So many great features to make it easy to use, especially for those first timers. So download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. <laughs> You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets 
if your first bet doesn't win. Let me tell you again, Super Bowl 57 with the no sweat first bet, you're getting up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't cash. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who's going to score a touchdown. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, super easy to use. If you're new to it, don't be afraid. Step right on up, sir, ma'am. Best of all, you're going to get paid on your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on and make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Says, do y'all think Tyson and Pops come back next year? Does Fardaz have another year? And if so, do y'all think he's coming back? Keep Hope alive is what he says. Chris, how do we tackle uh, some of these questions? Well, uh, you know, ultimately the answer is I don't know. Uh, but I think let's go through them one by one. Jalen Tyson, they all have different situations here. Jalen Tyson, if if he doesn't come back, he would he would lose a year of eligibility uh, because he's already used his his one freebie on the transfer. I think sat out uh, a one semester, but you can't you can't transfer again without penalty. Now, is there a waiver there? Is there a circumstance there that we are unaware of that he could file? And because that's the whole point with NCAA, they really got sick of the waiver process and all that. So they basically were like, you know what, everybody, you, you can kind of do what you want, but there's some limitations <laughs> on it. And you know, so that's why, like last year's team. I thought it was it was well constructed. You just got lucky in many ways too. But you, you got a lot of kids in here: the the, the Davion Warrens, the Adonis Armses, the Bryce Williamses, all, all those kids. Because you had them at the tail end of their career. There was nowhere else to go. They're all in. You can coach them hard. You've got their their commitment. You don't have to worry about keeping them happy per se. I mean, all the stuff that goes with it because. They're trying to put their best foot forward here because this is their last shot at it, okay? Well, with these younger guys, it's like you've got to deal with so many different things because they can leave you anytime that they want. And I guess theoretically you can leave them anytime that you want to. Um, if, a, if a coaching change is made or if a coach leaves to take another job, whatever. But I believe Jalen Tyson would have to, to – he would lose a year of eligibility if he, if he wasn't back here. I think with Pop – uh, I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I think you, you have good reason to feel pretty good about it. But there's also I mean, I'm sure he would be sought after by a variety of different programs based on what we have seen. Uh, and then with Fardaws, I think he has he could technically go anywhere uh, because I, if I'm being honest, I've heard rumblings of, you know, Stanford and some West Coast schools. And I think that have kind of had some interest there. Um you know, and he, I think he would. He's got the one year left, I guess, this year. I don't know if it's going to count or not count, but I do know he's got another year in college that he could play with no, no issue, whether it's his grad year or whatever. I don't know if he would technically have two years after this one. If this one counts as a medical redshirt or anything, if he doesn't play anymore, but um, I don't know what to think there. I think there's a, plenty of people that will tell you, oh yeah, he can't wait to to be back here. Uh, you know, and what do those circumstances look like? I mean. You know, there's just a lot that goes into this basketball roster on coaching, playing, 
uh, NIL stuff now factored in. I mean, uh, you know, you're, you're looking to it's it's a puzzle that you're trying to put all together. And I don't know what you know, there's a lot of different components here that come into putting that puzzle together for next year. And we'll start to find that out here in the next three to five weeks. I am uh, I'm almost taken aback to even hear you mention like any consequence for a guy leaving, you know, talking about losing a year of eligibility. I'm like, wait, there, there are still consequences of any kind whatsoever to be on the move. I, I kind of forget about that part of it. Once upon a time, obviously it wasn't just uh willy nilly or Lucy goosey shout out to Alex Rodriguez. Uh, but it is a Lucy goosey era uh, as we sit here today. I would love uh, to be able to to build around guys, obviously, like Jalen Tyson and, and Pop Isaacs. I don't know what the future holds for Fardaz Amak. I don't even know what he is as a basketball player, to be honest with you. I he's agree. Seen, he's got some skill, certainly, and I liked having him on the floor when he was on the floor for Tech very briefly. But I, I don't even know what I want. Uh, I guess it's kind of difficult to find guys with that size and, and that type of touch. Um, so would love to have him stay, I guess, if if – those are the only two options, stay or leave. But it's it's hard to know. It's hard to miss what you haven't had if he did make a, make a choice to be on the move. But uh, Tyson and Isaacs have, have got a lot of really good basketball, obviously, in front of them. So I would love to see that play out in West Texas. And to wrap it up, Chris, speaking of West Texas, and to wrap it up, Chris, speaking of West Texas, you and I had an episode not too long ago that featured just a brief in-passing recollection of the beauty of a West Texas track meet. And that got the attention of a couple of Locked on Texas Tech listeners that I wanted to get to now. Uh, first, we'll start with Darius Rucker, 7854. Love your music, Darius, who says, Cowan described the West Texas track meet very well. However, for me, as a sundown roughneck, it wasn't the hurdles in Brownfield, but the 3200 in Plains, Texas. It seemed like every other track meet we had was in Plains, on the windiest day of the spring, my time was in the peak of the drought with horrible dust storms and haboobs. You're traveling 22 miles per hour in the south direction of the track, three miles per hour to the north. That was pure pain. I'll never reach again. 22 miles per hour sounds pretty good, though, going that one direction. The GPS would suggest that you're moving very fast. Yes, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, Wind yeah. aided, it sounds <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and I had a similar feeling. It seemed like track meets only could take place in like one location throughout my track career. Parker Brown, 5225, says, man, track meets were the days. Kids sleeping under the bleachers. Kids playing football with other schools and forgetting about their events. Not understanding the muffled PA system. <laughs> The kid hiding from the coaches under a ghillie suit of sweats to avoid being the alternate for the 1600 relay. I never had that problem. They weren't looking for me. Man, it was like the Vietnam War of sports. No average student supported it. We were thrown in by force due to our football coaches. That's my experience exactly, Chris. Uh, before we had the choice to go through just off-season conditioning, it was no now is track and field season, seventh and eighth grades for me. Did you ever – I think you told me the other day you never ran the hurdles, but did you have to spend any time as a part of a track and field team? I did not, no. Um, wow. I, I Yeah, back at uh, old Arlington Heights High School there in Fort Worth, <laughs> I can't even remember uh, high school track. Uh, but it, it's, it's funny because the, the, the win component in our neck of the woods here, <laughs> especially during track season – is a real thing 
running in, running into it, running with it. Uh, you know, it's your back. I mean, you know, and I, I've attended many of my uh, kids uh, track uh, and, and field of events in middle school and high school. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you just don't know what you're going to catch on one of those days where it's like, man, a little faster today, or golly, like they're they're running running in place uh, based on the based on the conditions. Uh, everybody else is dealing with the same things and everything. But I've always thought track meets were fascinating, though, because it's like controlled chaos, man. Oh yeah, uh, they, they're most one of those fascinating athletic events to attend because it's almost sensation overload. And if you don't really understand what's going on, it is very confusing. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, where am I supposed but, to look? <laughs> and there's guns going off and like, you know, yeah, I, I don't even know. And there's things going on at the same time and all that stuff. Um, but I, I will say to, to what, you know, cause we've, we've had this conversation before about the hurdles, man. This is something, it's funny that the football coach comment was made. Cause I think there's, there's probably a lot of football coaches that feel that way across high school. It's like, go, go compete there. It will help you from a football standpoint. It makes you a better athlete, whether it's toughness or being in shape or getting faster, all the different things that come with it. Uh, but, uh, cause we've talked about this Joey's staff, they, they look at that track stuff, man, and they want multi-sport athletes there. There's almost nobody on their entire roster that wasn't a multi-sport athlete in high school. And we've talked a lot about the hurdles. We've talked a lot about basketball players being able to dunk it and all those things. The, this is major criteria for what they're looking for uh, from a football player standpoint. And I'd be willing to bet we were talking about uh, in a previous show, we were talking about the NFL combine and things like that. I guarantee you, I, I'd be willing to bet the percentage is in the 90s, maybe even close to 100 on – those those athletes invited to that NFL Combine that are mult, were multi sport athletes in high school. I mean that's yeah. just that's just the way it goes uh, for at that level. And uh, but anyway, yeah, track track meets are funny, man, especially in West <laughs> Texas. But and I, I and like you 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 don't realize too how lucky Texas Tech is to have like West Kitley to have that indoor facility and all that because we've had in the last couple of weeks, man. You've had schools from the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12 coming here, running that indoor meet. But, I mean, Kitley's track program is a who's who right now in the country. It has been and obviously won a national championship uh, several years ago or a few yep. years ago, I guess it was. But, yeah, that track stuff's a big deal, man. <laughs> well, I was, I'm glad you mentioned uh, the name of Wes Kitley, the legendary Wes Kitley, because uh, I'm thinking about how many track meets he's seen in West Texas. Uh, because before his time at Texas Tech, what was uh, Abilene Christian, right? Yes. And uh, so he's he's seen a few dusty days on the track <laughs> in his life. I'm sure. I don't know if anybody's ever seen any more. <laughs> well, he he loves indoor season from the That's standpoint right. of, especially with this new building, because he oh, just yeah. sits here and hosts meet after meet and doesn't have to go outside. Uh, so yeah, uh, but it, it's uh, yeah. If you ever talk to Wes, he starts talking in terms of. Yeah, they run a 20 point whatever. And that's, you know, and then, yeah, he's a 10 2. And I'm just, I don't even know what you're saying. It's very, if you don't, if you're not very well versed in the track conversations, it, uh, well, yeah, he jumps a 7 2. And I'm like, okay, I'm at, you know, anyway. So it's a fascinating conversation, but that's their world for sure. Yeah, I got lulled into a false sense of confidence one time in a, a junior high, um, high jump <laughs> event, Chris, because I'm going through the rounds or whatever and I've cleared a few 
a few heights. And uh, at that point, like I'm in the top two of those that have been jumping, which is very strange. Like I had no idea why I was even a high jumper, but uh, that's when I learned that those who are really good don't have to jump those heights. Cause it was after we got to this certain point, I'm like, Holy crap. I'm like they've, one of the top two qualified. or three. They've right. Okay. Well here come the real high jumpers. And now all of a sudden you're in the top seven or eight because the other five just showed up <laughs> and they're jumping with their, their sweats on or whatever. They ain't even taken the, the, the jogging suit off yet to actually get down to the shorts where they could really jump. Cause everybody knows the tinier the shorts, the higher you can jump. Uh, but yeah, that was a wake up call for me. I did collect a ribbon that day. I think that was a mule shoe, Texas, uh, but it was a tangerine colored ribbon. It wasn't one of the real ribbon colors, red, yellow, blue. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good ribbon? You don't want to wear the yeah. ribbon? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who does not want to wear the tangerine ribbon? All right, Chris. Uh, you know what you are? You're a ribbon bully. Yeah, okay. appreciate the thoughts and uh the perspectives and and thanks to our listeners and viewers for the comments keep them coming there on youtube for another edition we'll have uh down the road voices from the youtube comments and before we get out of here chris might as well mention you're back at the usa for uh tech hoops coming up this weekend right at least at least it's not going to involve any air travel (laughs) that's the silver lining i can bring to you i suppose yeah, a couple of home games uh, coming up here uh, Saturday, Monday against Kansas State and then Texas. But yeah, t- tomorrow you'll you'll face uh, the old Kansas State Wildcats. They're they're at uh, or, or they're not in first place, but they're near the top of the Big Twelve standings. Uh, they are you know just a well-rounded team, and and it's a team. It just was crazy as you look back uh, to oh three weeks ago, I guess maybe to the day you were in Manhattan and you you went to the locker room. Uh, up five, I think 33-28 at that point, and played a really good half of basketball. Fardaws had played in that game. Uh, Pop was obviously still uh, healthy at that point. You're a much different team now without those two guys, obviously. And Kansas State probably is too, uh, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, but Marquise Noel, you know, we talk about measurables all the time. We had the, the combine conversation and and all that. But Marquise Noel is the He's the member. He's the the basketball version of Deuce Vaughn. He's five yeah. foot eight. He's just a dynamo man, and he just gets it done. There's nobody tougher in the Big Twelve Conference or squeezes more out of what they were given than Marquise Noel. But uh, yeah, it's another crack at it. And again, if if you were to say, like at this point right now, we had the conversation with uh, when when Kevin O'Banner after you upset Iowa State, and he mentions after the game, we're going to the tournament, and all that. Well, you you, you haven't won since then. And you're only you only have so many opportunities left. The crazy thing is, though, is if you were like to say it'd be upsets here, but if you were like to beat Kansas State and Texas, there would be people that would list you back into those conversations and be very serious about it just because these are two of the best teams in the country. Okay, period. Ranking wise, data wise, everything. And so the beauty of the big 12 conference as rough as it is, if you can figure out ways to, to win games, you you are rewarded for doing that because these are, these games are quad one opportunities as, as you know, so, but it, it won't be, it won't be easy in either state. I don't know what the crowds will, will be like. I think they've actually announced a sellout for the Kansas state game. So it'll be really interesting to see if, if it is indeed full, uh, but yeah, they're, they're you know Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel, Desi Sills. I mean, they're they're a load, and they're gonna wanna 
get up and down and get to attract me with you and score. And I just don't know if you've got the firepower right now, minus you, your your freshman point guard and Pop Isaacs, that you can really keep up if if they play it at their pace. But yeah. we'll see. It's another fun opportunity, and it's been. Calvin, we're going on the last Saturday home game you had. Th- these are gold, okay? When college basketball coaches get their schedule, you and, and really everything is built around Saturday home games in the spring. Like you have different events that go on on campus. I know Joey McGuire is having actually a fantasy camp this weekend. He does it on this particular weekend because he incorporates it with uh, the men's basketball game Saturday night. But you haven't been home in a month. Okay, on a, for a weekend. We've been on the road. Let's see. It was Austin. It was Manhattan. It was Baton Rouge. And then it was Waco. So in, in consecutive order. So I haven't, I haven't spent the night on a Friday night at home and since early January. So it, it will be nice. There's no air travel uh, this week. It'd be nice to be home. But I wish the opponent was easier. We'll uh, see what happens at United Supermarkets yep. Arena and be back to break it down coming up next week. Hope you'll join us again then on Locked On Texas Tech. Uh, Chris, enjoy hoops this weekend, man. And thanks for the time this week. Yes, sir. Keep hope alive, man. We'll talk to you, uh, I guess, early next week. And go, uh, go Chiefs or Eagles here since we're departing here. Where where are you at on that? Surely you jest. Okay. Going Mahomes? (laughs) Chris. We're, we're Cowboy fans. I'm so, a little yeah, offended. I know, we can't go with the Eagles. Yeah, I, I was just, no question. I, I don't want to hate Zach McPherson, though. I hope I hope he plays well and the Eagles lose. Yeah, I, that's where I'm <laughs> yeah, at. That'll be yeah. a lot of consolation to him. I'm yeah, that's sure. right. That's we'll right. Enjoy, Ra- and enjoy the commercials. Enjoy the commercials of the Super that's Bowl, right. too. Yeah. Uh, we got Red Raiders on both sidelines, so hoping for good things for them individually. Yeah. But, no, I hope the Eagles lose by 6,000. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Enjoy the Super Bowl, Chris. We'll be back uh, next week on Locked On Texas Tech. Thanks for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And make Locked On College Basketball your second listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Locked On Texas Tech.